0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service as previously all the works of the devil be cursed. Illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, error and ignorance. All of this may depart from the tents of your holy nation. And now stand, O Lord. Upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your spirit. Saturate us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a powerful and mighty arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen may be blessed. Please be seated. The place of scripture, Matthew 5, 45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon called to perfection of Apostle Arcadi. This is a promised commandment written in the book of the Gospel of Matthew and is presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arcadi is the inheritance of saints of all times and generations, and it is addressed, this commandment, it is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. And so people who don't acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person sent by God do not have any part to this command and are not able to relevant to fulfilling this required commandment to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, we stopped to look at the purpose of righteousness in the heart of man. That will identify the perfection of our Heavenly Father within our heart. What goals the righteousness of God pursues that abides within our heart, and in part that the purpose of righteousness within our heart, received by us in the broken tablets of the covenant, where we, by the law, have died for the law, so that we can live for the one who has died and resurrected, so that in this way, we can receive confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant, in the format of the law of the spirit of life, so that we can give God the proper basis to not give us his promise according to the law, to be heirs of peace, but by the righteousness of faith, like he gave it to Abraham and his seed. Romans 4, 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And our pastor reminds us that we know that there is God's faith and there's the faith of man. The faith of God is information that comes out of the mouth of God. Because faith is from hearing the word of God, not what we read. And our pastor says that you can read, you can memorize places of scripture, faith will not be developed in you. Faith comes about from hearing the word of God, listening the anointed by the Holy Spirit word, spoken by the person who is specifically delegated and sent for this purpose. And so our faith is obedience to the information that comes from God, from the faith of God. Jesus had said, if you will abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There are many Christians that think that they abide in the word, but when Jesus said these words, he said that you abide in the heard word, the word that is anointed by the Holy Spirit, and spoken by a person who is specifically sent and delegated for this, then you are truly disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus, also speaking to the disciples, said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, and haven't seen it, and to hear, and and did not hear. And so blessed are we that we hear this preached word from which we can grow. And because of this word, are we able to build the Ark of Salvation for our house? The Apostle John says in Revelations, let the ear that can hear, let it hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. And so the promise of the peace of God is only given to those people who have clothed themselves into the virtue of students of Christ, which has allowed them to become obedient to the will of God, the order of God. It is according to his order that he sends us his words by his messengers. The covenant of peace in the heart of man is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God, spoken by God's messengers. And so we have looked at six signs by which we can judge and examine ourselves as to whether we are sons of peace and the sons of God. And Pastor says that not all are called sons of God in Scripture. When God calls, there are many who come as called, but those that are called are not called sons of god they are son of perdition they fill churches but there are chosen amongst the the called and so those that are called are candidates of hell they all have their own personal opinions they don't acknowledge god's authority and his messengers they choose for themselves who they want to listen to, and they control then that person also that they want to or choose to listen to. And so we will study the seventh sign by which we can judge that we are a part of the sons of peace. And this is by our ability to clothe ourselves into the holy and selective love of God. 2nd uh, Corinthians it says three six, it says that he has given us the ability to hear the word and our pastor reminds us that and he says that holy love the holy love of God is a holy and selective love it's not tolerant holy love is the fact that it separates it cannot love everyone without condition if God loves everyone uh, without condition that means he's not holy but the scriptures say that God loves the righteous and hates the wicked God does not listen to the prayers of sinners he listens to the prayers of the Saints the righteous and we can ask the question how then can a sinner repent when a sinner acknowledges the fact that he's a sinner and comes to repent God calls him righteous in the law there was such an a, an instruction when one who is <clears throat> leprous comes to the priest and the leprosy is a symbol of sin and the priest will look at him and if he's leprous on his entire body, it covers his entire body, he can be uh, called clean but if he has just certain spots that means he's unclean why? because he trusts upon the, spa, the spots that are not yet covered." In other words, you see, I'm not that bad. There's still areas I'm still okay, I'm still good. But when we understand that any sin makes us absolutely sin, a, a, a sinner, then this gives us the ability to acknowledge us, ourselves as the sinner and repent and clean ourselves. And he can then be called clean he can be proclaimed clean. And the priest did. This is an interesting principle of God, and this is the principle of his selective love. Colossians 15. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. According to this place of scripture, the rule of the peace of God within our heart is possible only upon one condition, and that is if the selective love of God will abide within our hearts, and we will be clothed into the selective love of God. And this includes the relationship we have with one another, between one another. The selective love of God, which is the atmosphere of God's peace, It contains the good, eternal, and uncomprehendable to the typical human mind goals and works of God called to build unique and peaceful relations with exclusively His children. God does not plan to form or build relationships with people of the world. The world is condemned. Apostle John writes, Do not love the world or what is in the world. For everything that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, loved lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it is not from the Father, but is from the world. And so God has not loved the world. He has loved people who believe, who are Christian in the world. For a, a, anyone who believes in Him in the world would have everlasting life. He didn't love the world. The world is condemned. And the verdict has already been written for it. everything is coming to its uh, finale and the scriptures say lift up your heads because your deliverance is coming near and so in scripture the character of the selective love of god is presented by the holy spirit by the preached word of the apostles and prophets and we see this in seven unchanging virtues, and these are virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. These are virtues, characteristics of unearthly, unearthly characteristics of God, and are the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven, and to be clothed into the selective love of God, We need to be born from the Spirit as Christ. Had said to Nicodemus, who will not be born of the water and spirit cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so to clothe ourselves into the selective love of God is only possible when we come in out of infancy, spiritual infancy, when we are baptized, submerged into into water, and make a covenant with God. And in the the births and are born from the spirit this is the character of the selective love of god in romans it is written who does not have the whole spirit of of god in other words the character of christ the selective love of god is demonstrated in seven unearthly virtues and characteristics have nothing in common with and cannot have anything in common with tolerant egotistical love of man. It is greedy and not continual. And unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the selective love of God is un- is different in that it is full of God's uh, burning zeal, his omnipresence and his, uh, and it does not have the ability to be uh, used in some way or manipulated. And so the selective love of God, the power of the selective love of God that is presented in the form of these seven unearthly virtues is called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body and in its place erect the stronghold of life within our body and clothe our bodies into the resurrection of Christ, that is, into our new person and we in a specific format already studied the demonstration of the selective love of God in virtue, knowledge, self-control and have been studying the virtue of the love of God in the mysterious godliness. 1st Timothy 6, 3 through 5 If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which some come envy, strife, and rivalry. From such withdraw yourself. In Scripture, the discipline of godliness in the selective love of God is is presented as a base of the gospel teaching. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was mastered and manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. He had shown himself to the angels. He showed himself, and God has showed through his church so that it would be known through the church to the principalities in heaven and the heavenly hosts, the many forms of God's wisdom and on earth as well. On earth, Christ said, you are a light to the world. And God has passed on the mandate of life to his disciples so that they be a light and be a light to the world. And hell knows the people that are of light. They know them by name. Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? If you remember. pastor presents us or presents to us four classical questions what characteristics do the scriptures give godliness the godliness both of man and god what purpose does godliness fulfill within our life within our relationship uh... with god what conditions we need to fulfill so we can collaborate our godliness with the godliness of god or goodness of god and forth by what signs do we need to determine that our godliness is truly collaborating with, working with, the godliness of God. And we have been studying the signs of question four, by which we need to determine, we need to examine ourselves, that we are collaborating our godliness with God's. Because godliness is God's favor, it is goodness, thanksgiving, And so we will study the fourth sign by which you can ex- we can examine ourselves that in demonstrating the selective love of God we are collaborating our godliness with the godliness of God and the result will be that we receive God's promise And we will pay attention to the place of Scripture Genesis 18, 1 through twenty-two. And in the, we're going to look at this events that are in this book, the the events that happen with Abraham, and we will see ourselves in this this story, and how this will also take place within us. <clears throat> Genesis 18, 1 through twenty-two. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread, that you may refresh your hearts, and after that you may pass by. Inasmuch as you have come to your servant, they said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make, make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had prepared, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, One of them, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah your wife shall have a son. God is now giving him specifically the time this will happen, this promise that belongs to the door of our hope. Now, and so... Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them and sent and sent them on on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. And so, in the given event, their pastor turns our attention to uh, five uh, different things that had taken place. And so, as we know that he had called them from the the her of the Chaldeans, he called. The, he called him out from. He died for his nation, and from Haran he also came out when he died for his father's house, and here he repeats the same thing, where he needs to die for himself. Genesis twelve one through four. Then the Lord said to Abram, to Abram. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And so the first that we need to pay attention to is the place where the Lord, that uh, the Lord appeared to Abraham. Second, what circumstances and in what state was Abraham in when the Lord appeared to him. Third, pay attention to the acts that Abraham Had or what the acts that he decided to to do, and fifth, pay attention to the promise that God gave Abraham when the angels received the food that he had prepared, and we will remember that we are studying these events with all of the people that are in it, uh, and we see all of this. We will see all of this in our own body. And so, first question What purpose does the terebinth tree of Mamre have? The Lord can't come or appear in any other place, but the, the terebinth tree of Mamre, the tr- terebinth trees of Mamre, where Abraham had his tents, was the place of the rule of a great leader of the Amorites. He, he was a friend of Abraham. And so Abraham and Mamre, they had a made a covenant with one another. Hebron, from which Mamre came, is the place of union, the place of the covenant, or a place of an oath. The name Mamre means word. Abraham made a covenant with the word of the Lord, that came out of his God's mouth, and so the terebinth trees. These were uh, this. These were a white tree, and was called also a gopher tree, and this is the same wood that Noah used to build the ark, of, the ark uh, of salvation for his household, and so Abraham symbolically in our body is the new person, and. The a friend in this case, Mamre, is the word of God that is planted in our heart and made of this gopher wood, this terebinth trees, for the salvation of our household. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, in the turbanth trees of Mamre, in this in this situation, then you are truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty one thirty two, 32. And so to be able to receive uh, the good land as our own possession, which is our body, uh, and our body be freed from the law of sin and death, we need to, like Abraham, make a covenant with memory, make a covenant with the new covenant with, the, with Jesus Christ, with the Word, so that it be in us and we be in it. This is very important, because for the most part, the Word of God is not an authority for people. Their dreams, their prophecies is what they chase, what they look for. And so the second question... Under what circumstances and in what state was Abraham in when the Lord appeared to him? The answer to this question is in the phrase, when he sat right in front of the tents at this time as someone and so it says he ran from the tent door he sat there in the front of it, that and being sitting in front of the tent is to live, to dwell, to take to take in marriage uh, a a foreign woman. as another definition of this. And pastor says that Abraham is a symbol of our new person who lives within our body. The entry to the tent or the tent door is his mouth that is disciplined with a bridle, and. Our tent door is, is our mouth, by which God will justify us or condemn us. And so to sit at the door of the tent is to take in marriage a foreign woman, a foreign woman being our soul, who represents our uh, flesh and blood. That's why she is a foreign woman, that this flesh and blood, but the new person makes a covenant with this flesh and blood as with a foreign woman. And in scripture it says that flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And corruption does not inherit incorruption. And so that means take responsibility upon yourself for the salvation of your soul. Hebrews 10.35-39 Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10.35-39 here it says that you need endurance to be able to receive what is promised and so if we will not be clothed into the selective love of God this endurance is also a requirement of perseverance and we will look at the great reward And this is the salvation of our soul by losing it in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and then re obtaining our soul in the resurrection of Christ, the saving of our body, which we are called in which we're called to erect the stronghold of life, so that we can become carriers of the heavenly body inside. And the given reward is our guarantee which gives God the ability to rapture us in the morning. Light on the clouds, and we will forever be with the Lord. The Canaanite land uh, that contained the enemy enemy nations are the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, uh, the pride of life. And during the middle middle of the day, when he was sitting in front of the uh, sitting in front of his tent, was a, a symbol, or symbolically was. Uh, Vengeance upon the nations that that were against Abraham. Third question, what did Abraham do, or what acts did he perform when these people came to him, when he met with the Lord who came to him? It says so he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him, lifting his eyes. That means he was look he he looked up, that means he was sitting, and then he looked upward. Uh, what he saw, who who came to him. And so to lift your eyes is to uh, meditate, to focus on, to pay attention to, or to focus your image thinking uh, upon the adoption of your body by the redemption of Christ. Luke 21, 25 through 28. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts uh, failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen... Look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. That is, focus your eyes, your, your attention upon the promise, the adoption of your body by the redemption of Christ. And it says, lift, your, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. And fourth question, what did Abraham do when he in the purity of his heart thinking about the adoption of the of his body by the redemption of Christ, saw God. The scriptures say, And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have, have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And so rest uh, under the tree that is under the terebinth trees of memory because from this wood will the ark of the covenant be made what was made um, and so this terebinth trees is th- the word of god we take the promise and from this promise this word of god we build for ourselves an ark of the of salvation we There is one condition that is required that will allow God's promise to be fulfilled in our life and in the time that He has appointed. And that is actively waiting for this promise in perseverance. Genesis 1, 1 through 3, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Here we see the active of active patience and perseverance that the Holy Spirit had. The Holy Spirit knew the thoughts of the Father that he, what he wanted to, to do. And he actively waited, he trembled over the word. He saw the God saw the thirst and hunger of the holy spirit and desire to fulfill his will and that's when god gives because everything god gives he gives only to one that thirsts and let's look at the fifth question what promise did abraham give did god give abraham when he crea- we pre- he prepared the food for them Because as you remember, it says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Genesis eighteen sixteen 16 through 22. Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know... I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And he said, and the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that I, that has come to me. And if not, I will know. And so we see here that, uh, if until this time, uh, God assured Abraham that he would become a father of many nations. In this meeting with God, he said, in a year, he says, "Uh, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, which means in a year, and behold, so your wife shall have a son. and so we talked about what a year means this is the redemption redemption is when we understood who god is for us what he's done for us and who we are to him when as soon as we understand our calling and this is to adopt our body by the redemption of christ because this is the goal of god god's goal is not evangelism God's goal is you. What good is there if you obtain the whole world for Him but your body will not be adopted by the redemption of Christ? And what good will it be for you from that? Nothing. God wants for you to be His light. And so when you receive this promise, you become a light for the world, and then God himself will attract to this light those whom he had already preordained or predestined to salvation. And so summing up these, this story, let us repeat what we were able to see in, these, in this event with Abraham for ourselves. This is receiving the promise that we will have a son, the fruit of the Spirit, by the means of which God will judge our old man or condemn him. God gave him this promise when he called him out of uh, the lands of the Chaldeans and out of the house of his father from from Heron. And the first condition was Haran, which is the place of meeting, place of of a covenant and here the Lord made a covenant with the word of, of the Lord and what is this for us? for us this is when we are in the place that God has called us to And at the place where he calls us to is where he, pl- he gives us the better, the greater gifts, which are his prophets and apostles. And when we are in this preached word that comes from the person who represents a father of God, then we, like Abraham, make a covenant with Mamre, with the word that comes out of the mouth of God, so that it would abide within us and we abide in it. and now let's look at the second when Abraham sat at the door of the tent this is take responsibility for the salvation of your soul the door of the tent is our mouth by which God will either justify us or condemn us as it is written from your words you shall be justified, and from your words you will be condemned. Third, the scriptures say, He lifted up his eyes, and behold, three men were standing by him. The phrase, He lifted up his eyes, that's, uh, raise yourself up, meditate, focus. As we read in Luke 21st chapter, when all these things start to happen, lift your heads, it says, for your salvation is near. That's pay attention and your image thinking upon the promises, which is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. And fourth, what did Abraham do when in the purity of his heart, he was meditating about the adoption of the redu- of his body the, by the redemption of Christ? The scriptures say, He saw them, he ran from the tent to meet them and bowed down and said, Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. And so see what's concealed in these words that Abraham said. And the Holy Spirit, using this spoken word, opens up to him and shows to us that truth when he in the purity of his heart was meditating about the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ when he saw God under the terebinth trees of Mamre because from this terebinth trees is is what the ark of salvation was built and Abraham as we know uh, made a covenant with this mamre and so the terebinth trees of mamre symbolically the word of God he made a covenant with the word of God and the word of God was used to build the ark of salvation and we can using this word build the ark of salvation and this word is spoken by one who is a God's messenger who are God's this is a person who who is God's lips to save Cornelius An angel came to him and said, Call Simon, who is called Peter. He will tell you the words by which you and your house will be saved. There is one condition necessary to fulfill the promise that God has given. And this is actively waiting for the promise. And as we read... In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Here we see the active waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises. The Holy Spirit knew the thoughts of the Heavenly Father, what He wants to do, and He actively waited for it. He trembled over it. He saw the, God saw this thirst and readiness of the Holy Spirit to fulfill and only then does God give. Why we repeat this so that it become uh, established within our heart. Studying these events with Abraham, we are studying this in ourselves. So that we uh, better and better uh, be established in this truth. Fifth, God gave him the promise, Abraham. He gave him a promise. When And he received the food from him. And the promise is, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. The prepared by Abraham food, which God received, was God's... Uh, he he obtained favor in God's sight. When when we show our thanksgiving, God then shows his favor. And if until this time God periodically convinced Abraham that he would be a father of many nations and that great and powerful nation shall come from him and the land that he lives on that will be it will become his, then he told him uh I certainly will return to you according to the time of life, which is a year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And now let's look at what this year means for us. Because year is redemption. Redemption when we understood who God is for us, what he's done for us, and who we are to him. As soon as we understand our calling, which consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ because this is the goal of God. The goal of God is not evangelism. Pastor says, you are God's goal. And as we say again, what good is it if you obtain the whole world for God but lose your soul? And don't and are not delivered your you you will not deliver your your body. You need to be his light. When you receive this promise, then you become a light for the world. And then the Lord himself will draw people he wants, whom he, has, he sees ahead, whom he needs to be drawn to this light. He will draw them to you. And so next fifth sign by which we can examine and test ourselves, that we are collaborating our godliness with the godliness of God, or goodness of God, And this is the result of the salvation of Lot from the wrath that he had poured out upon Sodom and Gomorrah. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are there, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand his wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, please know my lords. And so mountains in scripture are God's promises, promise of salvation. And the Lord... Lot said to them, "Please know, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy which you have sh- shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, the city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little. It is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is not. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live?" And he said. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape therefore, I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zawar. Sometimes it seems strange. Why did Lot ask to be uh, actually brought to this little small city instead of into the uh, forest? Because this city was no different in its lawlessness than the others. Why does Lot and why does the Lord decide to uh, save him in this city? Looking at the events that took place with Lot in the Canaanite land and living near Sodom and it's not far from the Dead Sea, we need to remember that the Canaanite land is a symbol of our earthly body. after the conquering of the Canaanite land by the Israelites it began to be called the Israelite land and this is the symbol of our earthly body Abraham living in the Canaanite land uh, near Hebron at the Terebinth trees of Mamre this is a symbol of our new person born from the seed of the word of truth living within our body who is working with the truth of the word of God in the form of Mamre whose name is the word it symbolizes the word memory when we look at it we, as Amir see ourselves in the word lot living in the Canaanite land in this valley near the Dead Sea is a symbol of our soul that lives within our earthly body the five Canaanite lands uh, uh, cities are the five physical Senses that function in the mortal body, that give a person the ability to know the physical world. This is our vision, hearing, taste, feel, all these things we'll talk about separately. The five cities with all of what they are, are in the valley, and they are in the eastern part near the Dead Sea. And so the, the city, Zoar, uh, it is where Jordan is today. And it's not far again from the Dead Sea. And before it was destroyed, uh, the cities that were near it, uh, they were uh, these, these lands were beautiful and flourishing. And the, it was fully destroyed because it is like a heart that sways away from God. And one that then follows after its corrupt desires and collaborates with the old man. And so here's how the scriptures describe it. These people. So that there may not be among you men or women or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there, there may not be among you a root-bearing bitterness or wormwood. And so it may not happen, when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as, a, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. The Lord would not spare him, for then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy would burn against that man, and every curse that is written in this book would settle on him, and the Lord would blot out his name from under heaven, and the Lord would separate him from all the tribes of Israel for adversity according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in the book of the law, so that the coming generations of your children who rise up after you and the foreigners who comes from a far land would say, when they see the plagues of that land, and the sicknesses which the Lord has laid on it, the whole land is brimstone, salt and burning. It is not sown, nor does it bear, nor does any grass grow there, like the overthrown of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboam, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 29:18 through 23. This is about those who depend upon their emotions, who do not acknowledge God's messengers. And so, about them, it says that, and the opposite of this, contrary to this, I read a couple of places. Pastor says, "What we together have." Psalm. and psalm and the songs of solomon is written now we you are beautiful as a green pasture and and the green pasture symbol symbolizing the uh, everlasting life and so all of the good that the lord gives and this good is the preached word of his messengers the green that a person can be at rest upon as it, it is written in songs of solomon is the great jerusalem where worship of man in spirit and in truth is to happen If our fellowship with God in the house of prayer is not as this green uh, in the songs of Solomon that we can rest upon, this green, as our bed is made of green, it is written, then we don't have godliness where we would be able to collaborate with the godliness of God or goodness of God. And so the wickedness of the city of Zoar uh, was no different than Sodom and Gomorrah and was to be condemned. But because of Lot, God promised not to destroy this small little city. And so we need to note that the intercessing prayer of Abraham, where he tried to save the five cities, uh, God promised Abraham that if in these cities he will find ten righteous, then for their sake he will sh- he will spare these cities. but this intercessor intercession was not successful because not even ten righteous were found in them. and God, according to the prayer of Abraham, led out the righteous lot with his wife and daughters uh, and because of the prayer of lot, he did not destroy. The small city, and so we ask the question: Why did God spare this small city? Or what prompted God, inspired God, to listen to Lot and 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 do as Lot requested? That in and sparing this city that was no less wicked than Sodom and Gomorrah, but was. Equal to it, w- and even in some sense, could even be uh, more wicked. Was one of the more wicked ones of of the cities. To answer this question, we need to conclude that the city of the city of Zoar became uh, lots. Uh, strong tower in which he ran so this was his refuge, his place of refuge where he ran to, where he found his safety and refuge from the wrath of God that was to come upon the cities the city of Zoar again was the place where he found his salvation All, and looking at this fact Lot right after his salvation in Zoar, came out of it and, be, and then lived in a mountain or in one of the caves um, that, that was part of the city of Zoar. Genesis 1930, then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him, for he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. And he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. In the beginning the small city was uh, uh Zoar had a different name. And this was the name of a king. Uh and it symbolized Zoar symbolized in this case our our mouth. And although it is small, it is the door by which uh, the Lord and the devil can enter into us. And so the significance of our tongue, or our mouth in this case, the tongue is a small member but does much. The dependence, uh, of it is uh, because of our tongue that we can be either saved or condemned. And so without it, we can't be saved. Without our tongue, we can't be saved although it is a great cardinal of wickedness in this case and so the circumstance uh, god for both abraham and lot made this place of refuge for 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 them proverbs eighteen twenty twenty one a man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. apostle James speaking to the brothers who want to wanted to become teachers, he showed how this small city of Zoar in the situation it was, it defiled the whole body it can the mouth can defile the whole body and can prompt God's wrath. James 3, 1-6 My brethren, let Apostle James writes, Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. And so the caves in the mountains where Lot lived in Zoar is the symbol of the death of the Lord Jesus where we are called to count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming with our tongue the not existent as existent. According to the words of Christ, to count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the non-existent as existent. We need to be good or righteous in our origin or beginnings. Lot was righteous in his beginnings. You see how in Matthew 12, 34 through 37, it is written, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. If a person confesses the truth, but the state of his conscience is not cleansed from dead works, then his confessions will be as witchcraft and sorcery, which indicates the fact that he does not have God's favor, and he does not demonstrate his own favor to God, to which God can then respond. If a person proclaims the truth and leaves Zohar and uh, lives within the caves of the mountains, which is... Uh, the symbol of the death of the Lord Jesus, so he can be delivered from the old man in his body and in the resurrection of Christ erect in his body the, the stronghold of life, then that means his favor is collaborating with God's favor. And so we will look at the sixth sign by which we can determine and examine ourselves, judge ourselves that in the selective love of God, we are collaborating our godliness with the godliness of God. This is by the result of the state of our heart that is in, li- in the likeness of a, an infant or a child. Luke ten twenty one. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. According to this place, we can see that our favor to which God will respond with his own favor is the state of our heart that is in the likeness of babes. Furthermore, The babes or infants to which God has revealed himself in his son Jesus Christ and for which the Son of God thanked the Father are his disciples. He called them babes in that moment when he was thanking God, his heavenly Father. He who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Then he returned. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Luke 10, 16 through 24. By what criteria do we examine and determine the state of our heart and whether it is in the state of, of, a, of babes or infants? And so this includes your thoughts, words, and actions. We uh, need to see their faith in their mind, in their thoughts, in their actions, and the words, and how much they correspond to the words, the thoughts, and actions of babes. We will look at and Uh, at what the state of an infant is so that we be in the likeness of these infants or babes. The thought, the word, and act that one come from the other and uh, revealing themselves in one the other requires following after Christ and following His commandments specifically. And to determine within ourselves these three and whether they're in accordance with the acts of babes, we need to look at four signs that infants have. The first sign is the ability of the disciples to love the pure milk of the Word, just as newborn babes love the pure milk of the Word. Love the Word of God as babies love the the milk of their mother. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, and laying aside, you need to put off the old man with his deeds, and then, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 1-5 To build yourself, into a spiritual house as these living stones is the word of God and you have to love this word as the pure milk as a baby would love pure milk if you don't love the word like this then you will not be able to do anything with it you will not be able to build yourself into a spiritual house And so to love, in this case, pastor identifies to greatly desire, to want, to immediately want, desiring to know, to yearn for, to accept it with trembling and joy, to abide in the word of God continuously. to meditate about the word of god day and night to make it the, the point of your worship and to worship before him and be deluded in him second sign is the ability of the disciples to imitate christ as children imitate or babies imitate their parents then jesus spoke to them again saying i am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life in the original of the greek bible to follow after christ is to follow after his footsteps to imitate his form of life to serve christ and if you do not imitate him if you do not uh... follow after him imitate your life with uh... and then you will not be able to uh, call yourself a follower of Christ. John 12, 26. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone, res- if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. John 12, 26. Third sign. That when we're talking about the heart of an infant is a pure heart that does not have holes for foxes and nests for birds, which allows then the infants to differentiate the voice of their mother from thousands of other voices. and so men and these and and scientists and others have studied studied these things and have determined that babies do differentiate the voice of their mother uh among thousands of other women he he can tell he can differentiate his his mother's voice and he uh feels at peace when he hears it and so it's very important when we hear foreign voices just like a baby it becomes afraid he he does not he avoids it if he can't hear the voice of his mother nearby then a certain scribe came and said to him teacher i will follow you wherever you go and jesus said to him foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head matthew eight nineteen twenty and so the heart of an infant where. Foxes don't have holes, and birds do not have nests. As Jesus had said, how long will these evil thoughts lodge in you, O Israel? And so, these, when we're talking about foxes for holes, these are people who follow after prophecies, And are uh, and the nests are the category of people that ha- have within their hearts uh, false strongholds, which they perceive as strongholds of truth. And so, the ab- in the, the absence of holes in the heart, is uh, that he has the authority of the preached word in his heart. And he knows that the word that he knows is the truth. You need to know the word well, because when deception comes uh, in in different forms, you will be able to examine it according to Scripture. When you hear the phrase, God loves everyone, and you may ask them the question, show me one place of Scripture where God actually says this. And when did the Holy Spirit and, the, and God the Father, when did they stop being uh... being holy and change to tolerant as our pastor gives the example you love uh, do you love a uh, neighbor's children when they're coming and hating your own children uh... when they're uh, when they're uh, bullying your children uh, no, you're going to love your children and you're not going to love the ones that are bowling your children. God can't love equally than those with 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 the other. He's going to defend and protect, protect His children. The absence of nests in in your heart is that your heart is cleansed from dead works, which means that you have a pure heart that corresponds to the state of an infant. A pure heart that corresponds to the state of an infant is a heart that is not just free from destructive works, but also not accessible for corruption. An infant doesn't yet have the organ that, is, uh, that forms uh, for lust and Galatians 5:19 through 21 now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as, as I told you in times t- past that those who practice such things will not he- inherit the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and the fourth sign, uh, this is the demand, <clears throat> uh, uh, our reaction, or our demand, uh, our requirement to react to pain as children do. Brethren, do not be children in, underst- in understanding, however, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. And so, a child, as you know, he, will get, he might be, someone might spank him, or punish, he is punished, or even hit as a little child, he, uh, he'll cry, he'll hurt, but he'll still stretch his hands back out to you. When God uh, punishes his children, they uh, still stretch their hands out to him. But others uh, become offended, become upset. Uh, correction is a form of love. God demonstrates his love in correction. He does not correct the wicked. They themselves are rolling downhill into hell. They were holy and then converted themselves into wicked people. These are these people that are sliding down, downhill to hell. And they think that they, they feel like they're sliding in butter, but they actually are, it's actually not the case. And so if we discover within ourselves uh, these four signs that are like children, like babes, like infants. This means that our favor collaborates with the favor of God. And so we will finish on this today. We will pray. And may the Lord bless us in our prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this blessed place that you have chosen for the worshiping of your name, and we thank you for your presence upon this place, for your word. that you used to teach us, to instruct us, so so that you can make each person perfect in Jesus Christ. We thank you that we have all of this because of your preached word, that you have made us rich in this knowledge in Jesus Christ. And because of your preached word, you have made us students. And being your students, we can know the truth that makes us free from sin. We thank you. We worship before your holy name. May your mercy be a blessing for us. We thank you for the word. May it be written upon the tablets of our heart so that we can confess with our mouth confessing this word. And we can build of ourselves, using this word, build ourselves into a spiritual house so we can bring spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And we as living stones can build ourselves into the spiritual house. May your mercy be blessed for us. We thank you for the coming services and the word that will be given to us. May you be glorified and lifted up, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen